Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Kriebentrog Stock Market News. This podcast summarizes and explains every trading day so that you can spot the bull in every scenario. Today is Friday, the 31st of March, 2023. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Today has been another relatively strong day on Wall Street. The Nasdaq is at its highest level since last August, which certainly is a technical breakout. However, even though the major indices are strong today, certain sectors within the broader market are not performing so well. The banks are amongst the worst performers today, along with diversified financials and insurance. Looking back at the month of April, we can clearly see that there has been a clear divergence of the major indices and how individual stocks performed, especially stocks of the banking sector. It is true we are seeing financial conditions tighten and the events in the banking sector of this month um, have, of course, put downward pressure on the banking sector stocks. But because we have not heard any other bad news yet from the banking sector and because the economy is staying strong and firms are reporting relatively good earnings. If we go back to what Lululemon reported and uh, Micron as well. Uh, in general, we have heard great news from the chip industry in the past week. Um, and in addition to that, the market is pricing in a lot of rate cuts by the Federal Reserve this year. So the major indices gained a lot of ground and were performing very well this week. What we are seeing is depositors moving their money to bonds because of, because of the high yields on bonds at the moment. And if this keeps happening, then the banks will essentially lose their funding, which forces them to, to offer higher interest rates. Um, higher interest, these events could, of course, significantly worsen the potential economic weakness, which we might see in the future because of the aggressive interest rate hike cycle of the Federal Reserve. The equity market clearly is doing its own thing. Right now, there is a lot of risk sentiment and equities are pricing in growth and rate cuts by the Federal Reserve at the same time. Now, that, of course, is a dilemma if you think about it, because inflation remains very high and the economy remains resilient. Looking ahead, the Fed will only cut rates if we start to see significant economic weakness. If we do not see that in 2023, then the Fed has no reason to cut rates this year. Now, the optimal scenario for markets is seeing inflation come down, while at the same time, the economy remains resilient. But given how optimistic markets are at the moment, what is being priced in by markets can only be realized if we see significant economic weakness. But if we see significant economic weakness, then there will be downward pressure on, on markets in general. So I believe that markets are pricing in a very unrealistic Goldilocks scenario at the moment. And this will result in a large sell-off eventually because markets will be disappointed um, not only by the Fed um, not cutting rates this year, but also by um, the economic weakness that, we'll, that we will see in the second phase of the bear market. Um, hence, I agree with analysts that uh, when we do see the S&P 500 reach a range of between 4,300 and 4,400 points, then you should sell because what markets are currently pricing in is unrealistic. If we do see unemployment rise, the economy weakening and inflation falling, 
we might see as many rate cuts as the market is pricing in. But if we do get that scenario, the question is how much optimism actually remains. These bear market rallies, and I've talked about this before, these bear market rallies basically consist of two phases. The first phase is when the Federal Reserve starts to raise rates and starts to pull liquidity out of the market. The second phase is when monetary policy truly starts to have an effect on the real economy. I believe that we are still in the first phase because the Federal Reserve is still raising rates and financial conditions are still tightening. Monetary policy usually has an effect on the real economy 12 to 18 months after the interest rate hike cycle began. And in addition to that, right now, one must consider that we are seeing the fastest interest rate hike cycle in history, and hence these lags might be even greater. However, once these interest rates fully affect the real economy, we will move on to phase two of the bear market which is basically um, the phase where we will see that economic weakness putting downward pressure on equities. This is a very tricky situation for the Federal Reserve because they need to always acknowledge the fact that the previous interest rate hikes might not have affected the economy and hence they must carefully decide if further interest rate hikes are needed. However, I believe that the risk of cutting rates too soon is greater than not fully acknowledging the fact that interest rates affect the economy with a delay. We are basically at full employment right now, and hence the economy is in a state of being able to handle quite a bit of tightening. At the same time, the Federal Reserve needs to ensure that inflation expectations remain well anchored, because if they become unanchored, then we will see wages rise significantly, which will make it almost impossible to restore price stability for the Fed. Hence, it is crucial that the Fed stays hawkish through 2023, except if we do see significant weakness in the economy. But that remains very unlikely right now, um, seeing all the different types of data come in. Other than that, we got some very interesting macroeconomic data today. Monthly core U.S. inflation fell to 0.3% uh, this month, which is down from the 0.5% we saw in February. The annual pace of gains, according to Bloomberg, decreased to 4.6% from 4.7%. Very interesting comments about this data are coming from Larry Summers, and I completely agree with them. Larry Summers said to Bloomberg today that, and I quote, we are still a substantially unsustainable inflation country unless the economy turns down fairly hard in response to the credit issues raised by the banking system, end of quote. So I like how he's kind of um, considering the events within the banking sector in there as well. According to Summers, it is also plausible that the recent events in the banking sector will not have a big impact on credit, which would only leave the, quote, serious inflation issue, end of quote. In that scenario, Larry Summers believes that, quote, the Fed will have to tighten much more than is priced in, end of quote. Summers also talks about the potential of a soft landing, which he calls very much off odds. There is another very interesting point to make about the rally we are seeing at the moment. According to Bloomberg, analysts say that only a small percentage of stocks or causing the current rally on the market. So that is very, very interesting. I was actually uh, uh, very surprised. And also it, it made sense to me when I, when I heard that comment from analysts. 
Bloomberg quotes about this topic Matt Maley, chief market strategist at Miller, Tabak & Co. He believes that, quote, extremely narrow rallies are not healthy ones at all. So it is going to be essential for the bulls to see more groups participate in the rally going forward, end of quote. If they don't, it will only be a matter of time before a correction in the big cap tech names turn this nice rally into an ugly decline. The data we have seen today is certainly a good sign because it shows that inflation is coming down. However, this is only one month-to-month -month data point, and we must see more data points that support this trend in order to show signs of optimism, uh, truly only based on this inflation data. It is, however, true that inflation is still way above the 2% target of the Federal Reserve, and we still have a long way to go uh, until we reach the 2% target of the Fed. Let us now take a look at how the major U.S. indices performed on this beautiful Friday. The S&P 500 was once again gaining some ground, um, finished the trading day off in the green with around 9 tenths of a percent. The Nasdaq 100 up by 1.1% and the Dow Jones Industrial Average up by around 8 tenths of a percent. Overall, certainly a nice finish to this week and it will be interesting to see if this rally can also start to pull the broader market up uh, going into next week. We also got some interesting macroeconomic data out of Europe today. Eurozone headline inflation fell to 6.9% from 8.5%. Now, this, of course, it's beautiful, right? We're seeing a significant decrease in inflation. But um, I regret to inform you at this point that it is not as great as it seems, because as you start looking more closely at the numbers, we can clearly see that inflation remains very sticky and very elevated. Core inflation, which leaves out very volatile food and energy prices, and which is considered to be the more important measure of inflation for central banks, in this case, obviously the ECB. Core inflation accelerates, accelerated to an all-time high of 5.7% in March. So we are seeing headline inflation come down, mostly because of the drop in energy prices, because of the drop in food prices as well. But core inflation, the truly important measure which leaves out these volatile food and energy prices, is still accelerating. Based on this acceleration in core inflation, Christine Lagarde, the president of the ECB, said that, according to Bloomberg, the ECB still has, quote, ground to cover in order to bring inflation down to 2%. However, she did acknowledge that the 300 basis points of rate hikes we have seen so far by the ECB are beginning to work. Lagarde also, just like Andrew Bailey, the um, pr uh, president of the Bank of England, and Jerome Powell, obviously president of the Federal Reserve, uh, she also said, just like them, that the recent financial market stress will not interfere with the fight against inflation and that we are, and that what we are seeing within Deutsche Bank should not be compared to what happened to Credit Suisse. This is very interesting. As soon as we started to see this weakness within the financial sector, the market was very quick, quickly out there saying this is going to be a policy implication for the Federal Reserve. But it turns out all the central banks, we have heard Andrew Bailey from the Bank of England, we have heard Jerome Powell, now we heard Christine Lagarde, 
all of them are reiterating that these recent events within the financial sector are not going to impact the interest rate hike cycle of the central banks at the moment. And that is also the nice comments we got from Larry Summers truly put into perspective that inflation is the main problem. The Fed, the ECB, the Bank of England, they're committed to restoring price stability. That is their main goal. Um, Christine Lagarde also reiterated today, today that the European financial system is strong and that something like the collapse of the Silicon Valley Bank is very unlikely to happen in Europe. Remember that Europe has higher deposit requirements and it is just all a little bit more regulated. So um, I personally agree that, um, like I said, like she said, a collapse of Silicon Valley Bank is, is a very unlikely scenario. I also expect that this inflation data will not cause the ECB to be less hawkish in their interest rate hike cycle. Um, I also don't believe that the inflation data we got out of the US today will in any way truly impact the um, interest rate hike cycle of the Federal Reserve because like I said, after all, it is just one data point. Let us now take a look at how the major European indices performed today. The FTSE increased by around two-tenths of a percent. The DAX finished the trading day off significantly in the green with seven-tenths of a percent. And the stock 600 up with around seven-tenths of a percent as well. What a beautiful Friday. And last but not least, we will take a look at some of the individual values. The euro showed some weakness today. It fell by three-tenths of a percent compared to the dollar, and it fell to 1.0867 US dollars. The British pound fell three-tenths of a percent as well to 1.2345 dollars. Now, we are seeing very interesting movements within yields. Um, which is, I believe, based on the decrease in inflation uh, we have seen now in the headline inflation in Europe, as well as core inflation in the US month over month coming down. The yield on 10-year treasuries declined five basis points to 3.5%. Germany's 10-year yield declined eight basis points to 2.29%. And Britain's 10-year yield declined three basis points to 3.5%. Now, we are seeing beautiful gains within crude oil once again. We are definitely seeing uh, crude oil commodity prices coming up from their bottom. And it is very nice to see them finally rebound. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil rose 1.57% to $75.48 a barrel. And the gold futures, last but not least, fell by two-tenths of a percent to $1,993.80 an ounce. And that is it for today's stock market summary. I hope you all enjoyed today's presentation. Of course, on Monday, we will be back with another summary of, of, of the stock, of the trading market, of any macroeconomic data that will be released next week. Next week will also be very interesting as every single week. And um, yeah, enjoy your weekend and hear you on Monday.